Coming up on Beyond the Clef, I'm here with Dr. Joe Miller, who is a legend in the choir world, and we're going to be talking about his time and what he does with his amazing students at Westminster Choir College. Beyond the Clef is presented by Director's Choice. Dr. Miller, so great to have you on. And uh, what is your title at Westminster Choir College? I'm the Director of Choral Activities. Okay. So you're the Director of Choral Activities at Westminster Choir College, and that's a very unique system. I, don't, I, I haven't heard of a choir college before. Is that the only one? You know, people throw around that word unique all the time, <laughs> yeah. but it really is unique. Yeah. Uh, the choir college uh, bases everything around everyone singing together every day. We're really just a liberal arts college. Uh, we have a graduate program as well, but the uniqueness is the fact of we, we believe that community and singing together, everything stems from there. The choir was uh, founded in 1920 and was uh, founded as a kind of a church choir to build sacred music in the world at a very, very high level. And it ended up being in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, where we kind of carry on its tradition. We're the only school like it in the world. What's your enrollment? How many students do you have? Typically our enrollment's 425 students, so small. Great, really small. getting to serve, serve a uh, small group of outstanding uh, students. They're yes. not children anymore, they're 18. But right. um, So you did, you're the keynote speaker for, for uh, TMEA this, this uh, session, is that correct? Yes, a real honor to be here. Yeah, yeah, well and, and I, I was uh, telling you before, a lot of my friends that are in the vocal community were very excited uh, to have you here in Texas. And you did, uh, I want to refer people to three of your clinics, so maybe they can check out the audio session files if they didn't get to catch it. You have the introduction to why, uh, building voice through community, and finding your fit, formant identification, and tuning. That sounds very fascinating. That was a two-parter, too. It can was. you give us just a snapshot of kind of a few things that you talked about there? Well, in the fit, uh, basically it was about how to hear frequency in an individual voice and then how to put that in a vocal spectrum in the ensemble and then how to place the ensemble. So it was really a, a, um, a session in listening and how to listen to an individual voice and how to best place them in a resonant spectrum in, uh, in the ensemble. So, we, so instead oh. of taking your clarinets and your flutes and your oboes instead of trying to put them all in one section to divide them into their uh, unique qualities. With voices that's harder to do because the voice is so much more complex. Right. right. I, when I went on to uh, your website I, I got to hear uh, some of the recordings that you've made and you've done a lot of recordings and CDs and a lot of travel too uh, which we'll get to in a second but the um, the high level of uh, tuning and blend and the beautifulness of all the voices, that has to be hard to get on tape. How do you do that? It, it That's is, a big question, sorry. Well, <laughs> it is, it's a real trick, you know, because we have, you know, it, it, even if you're listening to um, classical music or especially choral music on the radio, you know it's very hard to do because the frequency is so diverse. It's either too soft or it's way too loud. So finding, uh, you know, when you're dealing with making a recording, so much of it is finding an acoustic or finding microphones that will, can capture the sound that's coming. Because, uh, like I was just speaking of, the, the spectrum of a choir makes an incredibly a, a large amount of hertz. So trying to find the right microphone, the right space, 
uh, all of that begins. But it all begins with kind of the preparation of the ensemble. Uh, you know, really fine-tuning how they uh, sing together. Uh, it's the day-to-day that pays off when you get to recording. Can you give me an example of how you would maybe do that in your ensemble rehearsal? How you, how you work with tuning and start to develop those skills in your students? Well, certainly it's all about listening, and the sessions that I did at the end here were all about how do you put your ensemble members in a place where they can actually hear and where they feel like their resonance and their voice fits into what's going on. So um, that kind of level of in- intonation all-, all begins with having people in the optimal place for them to hear. Um, and then it's, um, you know, it's just refining, listening to frequency and formant tuning and how you, how you make that fit, how you balance a chord. Um, uh, it's, it's um, uh, all, all, you know, it's, quite complicated uh, thing that we do in in music. So I also saw that you do a lot of traveling, a lot of tour. You just got done with the tour of Texas here. Right? Yes, we're we, were in, we were in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, we do a regional uh, United States tour every year and then international as well. And you, so you also went this fall to Beijing. What was that like? Well, it's the first time I've ever been in Asia, so I didn't quite know what to expect, but it was fantastic. Here is uh, a country that is really investing itself in music education and in Western classical music. It's becoming a a very strong part of their culture. So we just were taken, I mean, people were very excited about us being there. Uh, We sang in incredible venues, and uh, we were there with some other international choirs as well. So it was a good melting pot, good time to to get to uh, know the culture there. Do you feel like the uh, Chinese thought and structure of, speaking of tuning, and and the concept of sound differs from an American sound? Absolutely, because whatever language you grew up speaking— I grew up speaking Southern, and that's its <laughs> own dialect altogether, yeah? Uh, but, you, de- you know, there is, uh, when you're dealing with uh, Mandarin or Cantonese or any kind of uh, Asian language, that influences the sound that singing makes as well. So, yeah, it's, it's very, very different. Uh, but I think they, uh, that worldwide we're trying to experiment with um, taking on the colors of different languages and de- developing a more multicultural society of music. What is next for you? What, what's coming up? Do you have any exciting places that you'd like to go? Or if, if you could, where would you like to perform that you haven't? Well, I love to travel. So there's there's still a million places in Europe, of course, in that tradition I would love to do. I will say that we performed at the Co-Cathedral here in Houston for our first concert in Texas. And I would just recognize that as one of the great acoustics in our country and maybe in the world. It's an incredible choral acoustic. So it, we, we have, uh, you know, I love to perform music in incredible spaces. So I'm always just looking for that. Up next for us at the Choir College is uh, performances with the New York Philharmonic and the Philadelphia Orchestra. So we have two, three subscription series that we'll be doing with them. And then the Westminster Choir goes to the Spoleto Festival uh, and is in residence there for a month as we uh, form one of the cores core artistic uh, entities for the Spoleto Festival in Charleston, South Carolina. 
Well, Dr. Miller, I know that you have an appointment you have to get to, and I'm so sorry that we have to cut this short because I have so much I'd love to learn from you. But thank you so much for being on the program, and uh, maybe again we can get you on next time you come out to Texas. That would be great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Cliff. For more great content, subscribe on our website at beyondthecliff.com, and be sure to follow us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook.